Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. We thank you for joining us as we continue to um, systematically go through the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. We're in a sense doing a survey of the book of Colossians from an apologetic perspective. And as we've been saying all along, the book of Colossians Uh, The theme or the overarching theme is the supremacy of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church. No one else is the head of the church but Christ, uh, the bridegroom who's coming back for his bride uh, when the uh, spiritual consummation takes place. So we are looking forward to that day when the church is reunited with the head of the church. So in Colossians, uh, Paul, through these chapters, is pointing us toward Jesus, the supreme one, uh, the one that holds everything in this life together. I realize uh, that there is a lot of chaos all around us. Uh, there's a lot of turmoil going on in, the, in our nation And it may seem like God is not in the picture, but trust me, God is in the picture. And for those of us who put on the helmet of salvation, for those of us who put on the mind of Christ, we're able to see clearly the hand of God on this country, even though it seems like he's not involved. God is involved. But the issue is, are we drawing nigh to him? Are we acquiescing our will to his for him to use us so he can be magnified, so he can be glorified, so others may see Jesus' handiwork in our lives? Every day that we wake up, it's an indication that God has not given up on us. So just like Paul's uh, constant reminder to the church in Colossae, We must continue to remind ourselves of who God is, his effectiveness in our life, his impact in our life. Uh, We are the effects. We are the effects, meaning that uh, the miracle of life just to exist is proof that God is with us. Uh, We didn't get here by accident. We didn't get here uh, through... Uh, an evolutionary process, God designed for you to be here. So as we look at this letter to the church of Colossae, Paul is specifically giving us tools uh, that we can use to avoid traps, to avoid situations that will usher in chaos to our lives. I realize that uh, for many people, joining church 
is exciting. Joining church is something that we fulfill, meaning that we fulfill our religious duties for, uh, for the week. Uh, joining church uh, has become a customary ritual uh, versus a spiritual um, involvement or spiritual occasion uh, where uh, God's uh, leadership, where our sanctification is continuing uh, versus being holy on a Sunday and unholy the rest of the other day. So Paul challenges uh, these Christians in Colossae to do better. And then he's specific. In verse 5, he says, put away anything that is rooted in sinful desires. So what's your motive? Why do you do the things that you do? Um, As a minister in the church, I often uh, see individuals uh, whose sole purpose for work in the ministry uh, is to be recognized. And having that motive of just being recognized or people applauding you for the works you've done is insufficient. Not only is it insufficient, it's inconsistent with Scripture. Think about what Paul says about Jesus. He said Jesus, who came in the form of, uh, uh, who, came, who, who was God, uh, who poured himself or added on humanity, uh, came and his, his position was uh, not to rob God because he is God, but he came humbly as a servant. Uh, He said, Jesus himself said, I came to serve, not to be served. And that's the mindset that all of us as Christians ought to have. I came to serve, not to be served. So uh, my work is unto the Lord. My punctuality is because God is watching me, because God has been so good to me that I I, I need to make sure that I keep my bond. If I say I'm going to show up at 9 o'clock, I need to make sure that I show up at 9 o'clock. If I go to work and I agree with the manager, I agree with the job, I agree with the organization that I'm going to work uh, from 8 to 5, then I need to keep my word. If not, then I'm fulfilling the, uh, the unction of, of sinful desires. The individual that's married, uh, that continues uh, to commit a spiritual adultery or emotional adultery, um, and at times physical adultery, that's given in to sinful desires. Whatever we do that we know we should not be doing, that the word of God has blatantly condemned, if we do those things, that's yielding to sinful desires. If we, fo- if we refuse to forgive, that's yielding to sinful desires. If we are envious of what other people have, that's yielding to sinful desires. If we refuse to encourage other people and we only think about us, that's yielding to sinful desires. So if we're able to offer up our shortcomings to God, he will help us to overcome those shortcomings. But we have to be ready. We, 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 we have to be willing to say, Lord, I'm tired of trying to run this part of my life. I, I need you to help me to overcome these issues. For if we don't, they will blossom into even uh, more pervasive uh, obstacles that get in the way between me and my relationship 
with God himself. Number two, Paul urges them to get rid of sexual sins and impure acts. That's self-explanatory. Watching those uh, what we call like pornographic uh, materials, whether online or in print. Uh, Impure acts, doing things with our bodies that we should not be doing. Um, The things that come to mind more uh, explicitly is the bond between the man and, and the woman and to go outside of that bond and bring somebody into that relationship or to commit transgression or adultery with someone else outside of your spouse, that is, uh, 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 those are impure acts. So get rid of those things. Get rid of those things. Number three, don't let your feelings get out of control, meaning uh, those that say they're Christians, those that attend church, that have anger issues. Uh, though, that is an oxymoron. Uh, we should not be followers of Christ and don't have control over our anger issues. Uh, if you have, not, I'm not saying that you, uh, you can't be a Christian if you have anger issues. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, as a Christian, all of us have shortcomings. But if yours happens to be the inability to control your temper, then as a Christian, you have an obligation to go get some help. Don't be, do not be satisfied with uh, you having a tendency to blow your top. Uh, that's inconsistent with a child of God. Uh, if your issue happens to be anger management, go get some help. Go talk to your pastor. Uh, go talk to someone that you trust that's a Christian. Go talk to someone with wisdom. But don't uh, acquiesce your will uh, to that of being undisciplined in, your, uh, in the way that you handle your anger. Scripture tells us to be angry, but don't sin. So uh, don't let your feelings get out of control. Number four, again, all of this is in Colossians Uh, chapter 3 and 5. Don't let your feelings get out of control. Number four, remove from your life all evil desires. All evil desires. All evil desires. And uh, we, we get the answer often in Christian apologetics. What is evil? Right? What is evil? Evil is the corruption of the good. The good that God made is the corruption of the good. God uh, created uh, man and woman. He said, that's good. God created things on the earth. He said, that's good. So whatever God created was good. But because of sin, things have been tainted. And thus, the... uh, the coming of sin or the inception of sin rather brought about the potential for evil. So when we misuse the good, it brings in the potential of committing evil acts. So remove from your life all evil desires because really, if you think about it, as we draw closer to God, uh, our transgressions should not increase, but they should decrease. And that's what Paul is trying to urge them to see. Uh, is to curtail or work on, get rid of uh, those things that you know are against God. 
Get rid of them. Uh, you can't play around with sin. Uh, sin that's left unchecked will not get better. It gets worse. Um, next thing you know, uh, it started off as a little sin, but now it's gotten out of hand, and the world knows about it. And then Paul urges them to stop always wanting more and more. Stop wanting, always wanting more and more. Uh, some people are insatiable. Uh, the Lord uh, blesses them, and they're not satisfied. They, they, they want something else. They want, and then once they get that, they want something else. Uh, some people right now listening to me have the potential for a great marital relationship, but because they're not content with what the Lord has given them, they believe or they convince themselves that they want someone else, as if though the grass is green on the other side. And the grass is not always green on the other side. Sometimes the issue is not the other person. Sometimes the issue is us. And you cannot run away from yourself. If you're the problem, you can get in another relationship. But guess what? The problem will be there because you have the problem. So whatever it is that we're dealing with, learn to be content in Christ. Learn to discern what's the good versus what is evil. Learn to be happy in Jesus rather than uh, running around looking for people to entertain you, looking for other people to bring you joy, looking for fulfillment in other things. So keep that in mind. Uh, Paul cautions the first century uh, Christians in Colossae uh, to do these things. Put away all sinful desires. Get rid of sexual immorality. Uh, work on your anger. Uh, your anger. Uh, remove from your life all evil desires. Stop always wanting more and more. Uh, Paul tells them that the aforementioned conduct that I just talked about uh, was equivalent to worshiping false gods, verse 6. Isn't that interesting? Uh, that sometimes the things that we minimize, the things that we trivialize, oh, it's not that bad, uh, has actually become our small God with a small g. Uh, not really a God, but something that has a hold on us that's inconsistent with the will of God. Uh, someone that has a hold on us that's keeping us away from fulfilling the work of God. So God is angered by this type of behavior, uh, the sexual immorality, the inability uh, to control our temper, uh, the practicing of evil desires. God is against these things. But how, will we, how do we know what's evil if we don't read the Scripture to see what's true and what's not true? And that's the encouragement to everyone listening. Read your word every day. Read your word every day. Uh, study your word. Study your word. And when, I talk, when I'm talking about the word, I'm talking about God's Bible. Read the Bible. Study the Bible. There's a difference. Read the Bible for exposure. Study the Bible for instructions. Study the Bible to glean the principles that God has for us. The principle of singleness, as an example. The principle of marriage, as an example, the principle of uh, money management, as an example, the principle of worship, 
as an example. The principle of forgiveness as an example. The principle of parenting as an example. The principle of uh, listening to God. So the Bible, when we read and study, we should be gleaning principles from it. Not just reading it to check off a quota to say, I've finished my quota for today. I've finished my quota for this week. I've read the Bible. What did you get out of it? Should be the next question. What did you get out of it? So the Bible is there to help us to not transgress against God. It's there to help us to live a life that's abundant. So in order to reinforce his points, again, Paul contrasts the old conduct with the new conduct. He does this a lot where Paul juxtaposes how we used to be as Christians versus who we are now. As Christians, everybody uh, should have a before and after story. If your current situation is still the same, then you really need to check who you are in Christ. You really need to make sure that you honestly make Christ your Lord and Savior. If you're still the same, uh, Christians do not stop growing. We as believers, we are engaged in what the Bible calls a sanctification process. We're getting more holy every day. And holiness doesn't mean perfect. Holiness does not mean perfection. What holiness means is that you're set apart for God to use. It's it's a synonym to the word sanctification. Holiness and sanctification means the same thing. It means someone or something that has been set aside for God to use. And God, his standard for all of us is that he set us aside and he wants to use us as his trophy cases that he may brag on us. Amen. God wants to use us as vessels so others can see what it looks like when a man or a woman acquiesce their will for God's will. And we all should have a testimony of growth. So in order to reinforce this point, Paul again compares the old with the new. He says, get rid of anger. There's that uh, anger thing again. Verse 8. Obviously, there were people in the first century church of Colossae who needed to hear this message. Get rid of your anger. And there's someone listening to me right now in the 21st century that needs to hear this message. Get rid of your anger. Work on your anger. Uh, at some point, uh, some years back, uh, our church used to offer an anger management class. And some people need, uh, they need help. So this anger management class or anger management therapy is important. Learn to be disciplined. And part of being disciplined is controlling or the ability or learning to control our anger. Then he says, get rid of your rage. Rage. Uh, That's anger uh, turned up. Rage. And then uh, Paul says, get rid of your hate and lies. Uh, I like what John says in uh, in his letter. He says, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother and sister that you do see. Uh, John is painting uh, a picture for us that that's inconsistent. You can't say you love God and go around hating people. Let me be clear. 
there are people that have done some heinous things, some people that have done some terrible things, and we were the object of uh, that terrible situation. However, we should do or we should handle things the way that God handles things. God, when we, when we transgress against God, God still loves us as human beings, as, 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 as the created, but he separates who we are ontologically from what we've done. And we need to follow the same pattern. Uh, we can love individuals ontologically, but get separated from what they've done. And if you're able to do that, then it won't lead to hate. You'll realize that some people um, are in a situation where they may not even realize the extent of their transgression. Then you do have some people who, who, who do know what they're doing. And even with those individuals, we need to love them ontologically as human beings, but yet hate that particular offense that they, uh, they, that they committed. So uh, when you're able to do that, separate people from their beingness, uh, separate their beingness from their actions, then it helps in uh, us not hating them. I'm just giving you some tips. Then uh, get rid of the lies. And we all know what lies are. Uh, t- uh, telling something that's inconsistent with reality. Then Paul reminds that them to not let any dirty words come out of your mouth. Verse 8. Again, that's the standard for Christianity. Don't let any uh, polluted words come out of your mouth. Don't let any offensive words come out of your mouth. Uh, Don't let any dirty jokes come out of your mouth. Uh, Do not go around uh, praising God on Sunday and cursing people out on Sunday night. Uh, that's inconsistent. So, again, these are specific situations, obviously, that uh, Paul was sharing with the church of Colossae. But at the same time, these things are not just descriptive in nature. They're prescriptive. And by prescriptive, I mean that these principles are to be followed by all Christians, by all Christians. So, uh, don't let dirty words come out of your mouth. Verse 8, chapter 3 of Colossians. And then Paul says, don't lie to each other. Don't lie to each other. Uh, He says, get rid of lies. And then he says, don't lie to one another. Honesty is the hallmark of Christianity. We have to learn how to be honest with one another. So we pray that you got something out of today's message. Um, We thank you all for your prayers. Uh, Before we close, however, I wanted to just uh, mention our Christian Apologetics Boot Camp for Christian Students uh, is coming up on May 8th. We encourage you to go to our website, uh, www.abcsac.org, www.abcsac.org. You can sign up uh, your Christian student, age of sixth grade through college. We also have a track for our parents, so we invite you to come and uh, learn how you can help your youth in this 21st century to stand up boldly for Jesus Christ. And as always, uh, if you'd like to give, please uh, go online, srministries.org, or you can send us your donations made out to uh, SRM, uh, P.O. Box 582-306, L. Grove 95758. And remember to do for the truth 
what so many other people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. This, this is my skyship, Dreamer. My cargo is stories. And our destination dreams with abide sleep stories for kids you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about god to find these kids bedtime stories go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for abide stories for kids you can also download the abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com